T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. That's a magic number. Morell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. It's over. The Bulls win. That's a thunder. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on a Monday. 670 score broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. These are the top three stories that have kind of been living in my head a little bit in no particular order. That's how we're going to get started. And then we're going to talk some... Cup season tickets if you guys are interested. All right, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Number three. Number three, Carson Wentz released by the Commanders today, Ant. Uh, I don't don't feel like this wasn't a surprise to many people. No, not at this point in his career. A couple years ago, once he started bouncing from team to team, this is the third team in three years for Carson Wentz, but he went from a guy who, as a rookie, showed all the promise in the world, looked like a potential MVP candidate, but that seems like eons ago when he was that guy. Now he... You know, kind of one of these guys who, in some ways, kind of tears locker rooms apart. Not with his personality as much as just his play. Some right. guys are on board. Some guys are off board. And, you know, every team seemingly wants to what move you, on from him. What do you think it is? I mean, because clearly he had a good run that, that one year when he, where, you know, he laid it, laid it, or handed it off to Nick Foles. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it's, you know, there, there was a reason he was he was the, you know, one of the top picks in the, in the draft, one of the top prospects. And then when he came into the league, it started off so well for him in Philly, but then when you have someone else come in who the lock, locker room gravitates towards, I think that can have kind of a, a scarring effect for some guys. I don't I know if Carson that. Wentz ever really recovered from that. You know, he it's it's like the game came easy to him early, coming from a smaller school, and now in the league, he just hasn't been able to find like a consistent foothold ever since. Yeah, that's tough, man. Well, he'll be out there for someone to, to, to have him, and let's just hope – it's not one uh, in the top five draft picks, those teams. All right, so, all right let's go to number two. Number two. Uh, of course, uh, certain people reporting breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you guys heard this. The Bears are leaning towards training the number one pick mm, in the draft. Yeah, developing situation. <laughs> it's like every conversation in the city of Chicago at some point starts, to, it has to include the number one pick. I was eating uh, some Jamaican food today mm. after basketball, mm. and we're, we're sitting down, and it's just like, all right, fellas. What do y'all think? And I'm like, wow, that's what we're doing now. It's like we're the we are the war room in, uh, at, at a yeah. Jamaican spot on a Monday afternoon. But 
I mean, obviously everyone knows that. Why do you think people keep reporting it? Man, I was at the Home Depot this afternoon. <laughs> I'm just walking through the Home Depot, getting ready to buy some light bulbs and do stops. He's like, hey, man, dig your work or whatever. And then all of a sudden it was, if these bleepity bleeps want to trade bleepity bleep bleep, yeah. I'm like, hey, you, you realize we're in a Home Depot, <laughs> yeah. sir, and there's people who can hear you All of a sudden right people now. start crowding around and it becomes this whole <laughs> yeah. open forum on what I to mean, do. I, I dig your passion, man. <laughs> like every time I'm going to oh, I was at O'Hare over the weekend, folks shouting about the Bears, but this whole number one pick thing, the city is ready. They're ready for decisions to be made, ready for picks to be made. Can't wait. And Ryan Poles is going to be talking to the media tomorrow, so it's going to be mm-hmm. good to get an update from him, right. right? just so that that way we're not talking about stuff from the past, past. but uh, it will be interesting. We're all going to be waiting for the whole thing to happen. All right, let's go ahead. Wrap this number one. Uh, number one inside the trifecta right here, 670 to score. It's your little spring training update. Mm. Somebody was also saying in that group of people, they're like, uh, you know, one thing I really don't care about is spring training baseball. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I can understand that. A lot of games, a lot of things to go around. But you should still be in the know when it comes to your teams. Of course, mm-hmm. Sox winning today, 10-1 to versus the Mariners. Um, some notable stats. I think that's what should be interesting, right? Jake Berger. Hit his second home run in three games for the Chicago White Sox. So that one's exciting. Also, the Sox have allowed the second fewest runs in the Cactus League through three games. That's a lot. There's like 20 teams in that whole thing. So, you know, obviously defense is a big issue for the White Sox last year. Uh, On the other side of town, the Cubs today had a split squad. Um, They lost to the Diamondbacks 3-0 in that one. And then they also faced the Cleveland Guardians, and they uh, fell 12-4 in that game. Some notable stats, which I think are important. Caleb Killian pitched his butt off two innings. Uh, doing his thing, making himself seem extremely attractive. And then, of course, Ian Happ, one for three, two RBIs. So you know your left fielder with the gold glove is still performing at an extremely high level. So make sure you guys are uh, obviously following your favorite teams and making sure that they're uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing in spring training because some of us some of us care. Some people care. I care. I like watching that stuff. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 The Score. Shout out to everybody listening on the Odyssey app. Um, tomorrow, 630, myself, Mark Grody, uh, we're going to be doing a go live on the Odyssey app. So it's essentially just like a hangout session. Yeah. If you ever had Clubhouse, I don't know a lot of people don't know what that is, but Clubhouse or oh, on oh, Twitter oh, Spaces, oh, oh, um, you know, it's just you just anybody that has the app can actually uh, chime into our conversation. And he's going to be at uh, training, or excuse me, at the combine. He's in Indy, right? So yeah. he's going to be able to tell us everything that's going on over there. So that'll be tomorrow, six thirty. Make sure you download that Odyssey app. All right, um, you know, we were talking about the Cubs a second ago. And right now we get an opportunity to talk to someone who is in the system. They are part of the matrix hmm. of the Cubs organization. Uh, he is the senior VP of Cubs ticketing. Uh, we're talking to Kale, Kale Venom uh, right now. Kale, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. Of course, absolutely. Now, the reason why we're talking to you, and I think this is the coolest thing, and one of the, the coolest things the Cubs do in this season, uh, they have this thing called the Wildest Dreams at Wrigley Field. It's a sweepstakes. It ends tomorrow. But I know a lot of people right now, KR, are, are, are listening and they're saying, wait, wow, there's dreams of Wrigley Field. What is that? Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, you know, it all started this offseason. We've obviously signed a bunch of new players this year. And in every press conference from Dansby all the way down, you heard them talk about this was their dream to get to play at Wrigley Field and how it was a dream come true. And we said, that's awesome. But, you know, all of our fans aren't going to be the starting shortstop for the Cubs. So what's a way that we could bring their dreams to life at Wrigley Field? And so... That really inspired this contest and, and coming up with some crazy ideas of bringing some fun experiences out to our fans. What's the timeline for any promotions that related to ticket sales and, and different type, type of activations that you guys have coming up? Yeah, so tickets went on sale this past Friday, and anyone who purchases 
purchases a ticket from Friday through tomorrow is entered to win the contest to, to win one of their wildest dreams. And we'll be giving away. People have the choice from you can play your own softball game at Wrigley Field. Uh, one fan's going to be able to have a camp out and actually sleep over at Wrigley for the night. Um, and then some fans told us that just watching a game from a suite is something that they haven't had a chance to do and they, they really wanted to experience this year. So all you have to do to enter is go to Cubs.com and everyone who buys a ticket through tomorrow uh, at midnight is entered to win. Wait, did you say people will have a chance to sleep yeah, last at year. Wrigley Field? Happened last year. You, really? Yeah, can you imagine, like, getting, you're camping out right in center field, you got your tents and your sleeping bags and, and kind of the ballpark all to yourself. And, wow. uh, yeah, we're, we're giving that away. Kale, you just got to watch out for those Wrigley Field wolves. You know, sometimes they, <laughs> there's some coyotes in the neighborhood. Yeah, coyotes. Sometimes. That's what I meant. That's uh, what I meant. Kale, so what was that? What was that room like? All you guys are trying to come up with ideas, and then somebody's like, "Oh man, we should give away an opportunity to sleep at Wrigley Field." <laughs> what was that like? That's, exa- that's exactly how it went. The whiteboard was uh, was long and plentiful, but um, you know, we put it out on social media and asked our fans and said, "Hey, what would you guys want to do?" and we had over 50,000 people respond to it on, on Twitter, and uh, we got a bunch of good ideas from our fans, and, and that's how we ended up here. So what end of the spectrum are you on when the ideas are being pitched? Are you crazy idea guy where we're like, oh, we can't do that. That's too much. Or are you the one who no. tries to keep it more even? Here kill? goes Kale again. <laughs> right. No, it's, we're, we're the guys that are out there trying to get people to come to Wrigley Field. So it's more of the operations team that's like, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. I legal. think out at Wrigley Field. Legal gets yeah, in, legal. right, Kale? They yeah. like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's exactly right. But I think we still can have some fun with it. And I think our fans are going to really have a good time. Of course, an incredible, incredible opportunity right there. We're talking to Kale Venom, Senior VP of Cubs Ticketing. Now, you guys, obviously, one thing that every fan loves is going to the game and really, you know, getting something for free when they walk in the door. What are some of the cooler things uh, that are going to be happening this season? Yeah, we've got a ton of great giveaways and, and promotions this year. One I'm really excited about, it was really cool to unveil the Fergie Jenkins statue and have Statue Road set up in Gallagher Way. Um, and so this year we're doing uh, a replica of all five statues that are outside of Wrigley Field. So whether it's Billy Williams, Ernie Banks, Harry Carey, you know, Fergie uh, with Ron. Anyone can uh, come five different dates, and you can kind of collect all five statues, which I think is going to be really cool to do in a, a bobblehead series for the first time. And then we've also just got a bunch of cool games. We've got the Red Sox coming in this year again in July. Uh, we've got Father's Day games. We've got a bunch of just really great games on the schedule uh, throughout the year. There, there's a lot of conjecture about what the football team in town is going to be doing here. One of the models <laughs> that I think people kind of have in mind is is what you guys are able to do with Gallagher Way being sort of this this year-round kind of venue and, and being able to utilize it during the baseball season in one way and then during the offseason in other ways. What, what are some of the ways that Gallagher Way kind of adjusts now that the baseball season is upon us? Man, I, I think for anyone who's been to Wrigley Field in the past few years, it just gives you a little bit of room to breathe. I know I've got three young kids, and, and bringing them to a baseball game used to be a tough experience at Wrigley Field. You know, there wasn't a lot of places to go. And so to have a place that you can take your kids out and stretch your legs maybe during the third or fourth inning and get back in there and stay for the whole game, it's it's really a game changer. And I think the whole renovation of Wrigley Field, if, if people haven't been out in the past couple of years, you know, it's really the, the ballpark's still the same when you're sitting in the seats. You still have the bricks, the ivy, the, the view of the bleachers is all the same. But, you know, all the amenities and concessions and everything else about Wrigley Field has really been improved over the past few years. And it's, you know, a really great experience for coming out to a game. Definitely a remarkable space. I mean, when you go out there, you are blown away by what you see, especially the fan experience that you get to have before actually stepping into Wrigley Field. Um, Kale, before you go, just remind the people one more time about Wildest Dreams and where they could sign up for it. 
yeah, just go to Cubs.com. All of the games are available and, and on sale now. Uh, pick out the game or the weekend that makes the most sense for you and your family. And all you have to do to, to enter to win is buy a ticket. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing everyone out at Wrigley Field this summer. Sounds good, Kale. Appreciate you jumping on, man. Have a great evening, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me. That sounds great, man. Being, being able to yeah. sleep at Wrigley Field, I mean, it, I mean, even if you're a Sox fan, it sounds cool. You're like, oh, my gosh, this right. is you know the opportunity to do something like that and not you know have to sleep outside for some tickets. <laughs> I don't think – I'm trying to think what else because I mean if you it is your wildest dreams and you get to come up with mm. like play a softball game that does sound kind of cool. I wonder if that's considered camping or is that more glamping if you're actually oh, that's sleeping outdoors. Oh, that's glamping. at Wrigley. That's glamping. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you know because yeah. the amenities are going to be good. Uh-huh. You got you, at least you have the restroom out there somewhere. <laughs> you got you have to walk a little ways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been in the ivy somewhere maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can yeah. at least go kind of mess around with that a little bit or something. I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay, I would throw. I want to throw a party. Like, would they let me throw a party? Mm. A little, little small one. Mm-hmm. Couple thousand. <laughs> That's it. Just, yeah. a, just a couple right. thousand over there. Have somebody. I don't know. Uh, what was it uh, Mr. Pop Rocky there? You know, be on oh, the yeah. microphone. Uh, you know, while he's doing it. That might be kind of. Are cool. you outdoors at all? I've literally never slept outdoors. I mean, I've like nodded off or whatever, but I've never been like camping. I've never. Yeah. I've never once been outdoors and slept overnight. That, 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 that strikes me as not even in a cap. Okay, okay, it's, it's not, not outdoors. Once. Not okay. Once. Nope. Yeah, I have several times, man. Really? I, yeah. But I need to be. Listen. So I'll take, I'll take camping, you as a city boy like me. Oh yeah, trust me. But several times. Listen you, to my you've listen, been camping. Listen to my like the caveat. If I go, I need to be in one of those ones where like there's an electric. Outlet right oh, there. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Where right. I want to plug yeah. in something, my uh-huh. radio. Oh, like radio, uh-huh. I'm old. Plug, <laughs> plug in the, the, the griddle. The griddle. I want to make right. eggs in the morning. Yeah. I need something like so that. I bring my Walkman with me when yeah, I go yeah, camping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, can they? Do they have, they have a TV for my Atari? Uh-huh. You know, but uh-huh. that, that's what I need. I need something like that if I'm gonna be outside. But there's some okay. good places, man. You go up like by like just following Lake Michigan. Like you go to Indiana or, mm. or Michigan. There's some really cool spots that you can go to like for the cheap. To go out and hang out, I, I bet you Texters will be able to Sounds speak to this great more to so than I would. I, I do not believe. What don't okay. you like about it? What what's the, uh, what, what will the, be a holdup? The idea of of bugs having access to me when I'm unconscious. I, I well, don't you're in a tent. Dig that. I mean, maybe I'm the. I, I guess the. I'm, I'm not giving you're tents not enough like, credibility for, yeah, yeah, for yeah, how yeah, yeah. how much they can just like keep me safe. You're not and just sound. on the dirt, like outside. And you're that's, like, that's what I'm picturing. A fire and just some dirt. Yeah, I'm picturing. Maybe saw, it's old westerns I'm woman, watching. I saw Woman King yesterday, and they had a scene like okay, that. So right? I was like, I was thinking about you during it because Aunt, Aunt told me to watch this movie because it was great. And I actually last night. I get off. I actually did Sports Zone yesterday on Fox. Okay, yeah. I with Cassie Carlson. I get uh, off. I'm hyped up. I can't go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm watching Woman King because right. I'm going to be on with Ann tomorrow. And yeah. I want to be able to. So, yeah, out there. So, it's not that. It's not okay. sleeping All on right, the floor good. with a fire not, next to you. And yeah. Then, yeah. That, that does not appeal to me <laughs> in the least, man. At all. Give me a real mattress. It give shouldn't. me a blanket. Give me some some air conditioning. Give which me is, like the real deal. Which is funny because you played in the NFL where you're in the elements, but yet mm-hmm. somehow you just don't want to sleep in the elements. But in elements. theory, I'm conscious the entire right, time. Right, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to go out there, pass out, have some Man, when we t- we're going to talk about New Orleans later. Yeah. Uh, there's some some things in the quarter that I hadn't seen before hey. when I was there over the weekend, man. Just thinking about being outdoors, and it's it's like a – it's like a wilderness experience when you go through the French Quarter at certain points for folks, uh, folks who haven't been. I cannot wait to talk a little bit more about that. But, no, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places. NOLA yeah, is one no of my doubt. favorite Hey, no I've slept outside in NOLA under the lights. <laughs> All right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron on the other side. We get a chance to talk to Will Gottlieb. The Bulls are on a two-game win streak. And is he convinced 
that the Bulls can make the playoffs or the play-in. We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe and Heron right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. As the Bulls advance left forecourt, they're going to dribble the clock out, and this ball game is over. Bulls win! Bulls win! Bulls win! 102-82! It's time to dance here at the United Center, <laughs> and you got to love it. And what a dance it was. Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington mm. with the call right here on 670 The Score. Don't forget about Alyssa Berger. Many Bulls yesterday handling business in, a, in an unlikely way. <laughs> Holding a team under 100 points, which is kind of rare, but it was great to see. Hell under 90 points. Right, hell under 90 points, yeah. right? Seems like a brand new team, and there's some. Re- I have some feelings and reasons as to why. But I'm interested to hear this guy's opinion as to whether or not the Bulls are going to make the plan. Uh, joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Bulls for CHGO. Of course, we're talking about Will Gottlieb. What's up, man? How are you? Guys, how you doing? Good to be back on with you. Yeah, man, likewise. So you see this game yesterday. And you know what? Let's, let's, let's even go back another game to the first game uh, uh, since the All-Star break against the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, obviously, you know, if you watched the game, you saw – they were just the Brooklyn Nets were just off. They were having rotation issues, trying to get everybody involved. People being a little bit too passive, but the Bulls were playing good defense. So I don't want to take away from the Bulls, but but start with the start with the Nets, Will. And what you saw, because I know you're a passionate fan, just like I am. You know what you saw in that thing, and then and then I want you to tell me what you were surprised that carried over from that game into the Wizards game. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you start off the game, I think the Nets, like, turned it over twice and missed their first two shots pretty pretty bad. And then I think from there, the Bulls just sort of took it away and ran with it. And um, to answer your second question, like, that's kind of what's been surprising or at least encouraging through these first two games after All-Star break is that you've seen, um, like, legitimate 48 minutes of high-quality, intense basketball, competitive play, something that they've been missing for the first 60 games of the year. Um, and you can attribute that to Patrick Beverly or just this sense of urgency that, you know, they're outside the play-in, but their defense is looking a lot sharper. Um, certainly the Nets were shooting 
about as poorly as you possibly can, but you, you also do have to credit the Bulls' defense. I don't think many of us felt confident about how much credence to give to the the impact that, that Pat Bev would make right away when he got here. And now two games in, we see this squad w- with positive results. But I'd say for me personally, I'm still not completely sure how much credit to give to Pat Bev aside from just you know them, them hitting shots. Well, what are your impressions through two games of how much Patrick Beverly himself is impacting this? I think if you learned anything about this team through the first 60-odd games of the year, it's that like you just have to take every game for what it's worth um, and not try to like – draw any grand sweeping conclusions about who they are or what they are because so much can change on a game-to-game basis. But since Patrick Beverly's been here, like I said, you have seen uh, two straight games of hard-nosed defense. Um, It's been kind of ugly basketball at times, but I think that's kind of the identity that this team wants to assume. And, yeah, I mean, I think Patrick Beverly helps uh, solve a lot of the problems that the Bulls have had defensively. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to take them necessarily from being outside the play into championship contenders. Um, I just think he kind of does some of that extra stuff, uh, closing out on rotations hard, being another veteran presence that understands where he needs to be um, at any given point throughout a defensive sequence. So that stuff certainly helps. And Alex Russo's like not out there just doing everything by himself, which is great. But, again, you know, it's only been two games. I don't want to get – too far in front of our skis here in terms of um, recalibrating expectations with this group. Which is fair. I understand that. Talking to Will Gottlieb from CHGO. He covers the Bulls over there. Skate Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. He, I do understand that. That's a great point because you're right. You can't take a, a couple of games and really just take a swath and be able to, to come to some sort of conclusion. But another big impact that I feel like Patrick Beverly has made and Will as well is, is – He's fixed the rotation issue. Mm. And I think that's been something that's been damning the Chicago Bulls all year long, too, where, you know, trying to find the right pieces. You always hear Billy talking about that. Or, you know, you're seeing these five guys on the floor that you haven't seen at any point throughout the season in certain moments. But what Pat Bev does is he also allows for there to be a defining of roles, right? Pat Bev comes out. I'm the defensive guy. I get to play with Alex Caruso, who loves playing with someone like that instead of him being the primary defender on some of these lineups. And then when the rotation comes in, Kobe White and Pat Will, now they can be the, they can be aggressive scorers without worrying about having to default to DeMar or Zach in certain instances. And then Billy seems to have found out or figured out how to properly put Zach and DeMar in these situations where they're, they're coming back together at the end of the first half, which they, they weren't necessarily doing all, all the way through. And then, but, but you're still finding solo moments for Zach and DeMar to shine. What do you think about Patrick's role in the – in the in the in, in in the trying to figure out where these guys are going to be playing with each other and what he's added so far. Yeah, we saw it for about 35 games last year with Lonzo Ball, and the Bulls were super deep, and that was really even before Ayo Desumu had taken uh, the steps forward that he has. But so now you add another legitimate player and defensive player out there, and the Bulls are kind of a deep team again. And like you said, it kind of. Um, assigns a pecking order and everybody can sort of fall into a role that's a little bit more natural to them. I think the big thing defensively, like I said before, is just that, you know, Alex Russo doesn't have to do everything out there. You'll see times where, you know, he's got to guard the pick and roll ball handler. And so if he's doing that, nobody's out there to make the defensive rotations. And so now with Patrick Beverly, those two can, can flip flop roles and the other one can be making rotations. Um, and it just makes life so much easier for Vucevic and Zach and Damar 
Um, I think the Bulls really rely on the ability to sort of blow up actions uh, at the start of a pick-and-roll sequence. And without Lonzo Ball, it's been really difficult to to for Alex Russo to, like, handle all of that on his own. And so pa- Patrick Beverly's addition, I think, goes a long way just to um, helping him out there. And in my head, so, somewhere in my mind, I've kind of pictured Patrick Beverly, even prior to the Bulls signing him, as, as maybe being a goal for Io DeSumo. As we've mm-hmm. very early in Io DeSumo's career kind of wondered, what is his ceiling? He showed so much more promise early on than maybe some folks anticipated as a later draft pick, and he's been a pleasant surprise. And I've kind of thought, you know what, if he's not going to be some kind of perennial all-star, but what is his true ceiling? And Patrick Beverly, like a Patrick Beverly type, is what I've kind of had in mind. And now they're going to be teammates, and maybe Io can even feed off of what he sees day in, day out from Pat Bev. Do you think comparably, is is that something that, that Io DeSumo could strive for? Yeah, I think personality-wise, they're they're pretty different. But in terms of the way that they play, I, I kind of do see that. Um, Io has been a really solid defensive player, but even he was saying this at practice the other day, like he, he's never really had that sort of veteran mentor that can teach him how to do those things defensively. Obviously, Alonzo and Cruz are there, but I think he's really sort of being a sponge and picking Patrick Beverly's brain. Uh, and so I think that will go a long way for him. I'd say offensively, he's got a little bit more ability to handle the ball and create shots for himself and others, but he's got to develop that quick trigger three-point shot. So, um, you know, in some ways I think he could be even more dynamic as an offensive player, but he really has to develop his um, his outside shooting. And I think that'll just make him a really good role player. And then he can sort of start to, to build up on that. So, um, you know, Drew Holiday was kind of a popular comparison for him. Obviously Drew's a two-time all-star and one of the best defensive players in the league. Not sure I, I could go quite there, but sort of more along the lines of that style of player, I would say. I can see that. Uh, we're talking to Will Gottlieb here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Now, you said something interesting, and you pointed it out from the beginning, Will, and I, and I thought you were absolutely right when you said their personalities couldn't be more further apart, right? Who, who's someone on this Bulls team that you wish was a Pat Bev type in terms of their personality, right? If you could inject his his his, his rah-rah attitude, that Joe Kim Noah fire that he has into someone else on this team, who, who would it be and why? I think the easy answer is Patrick Williams. Um, he's just – he's a really quiet and reserved guy, but you see him in the locker room and he's joking around and he gets along with everyone. Um, but just on the court, uh, you know, he's been passive at times. And Billy Donovan has mentioned that. Patrick has mentioned that. Um, that he needs to sort of forget the last play and move on to the next thing. Um, so I think that would really – that sort of mentality and, and attitude towards the game, I think, would help him become a much better scorer. But Patrick has been uh, – has taken a big jump defensively this year too. So I think, you know, <clears throat> that kind of mentality would go a long way for him in terms of, like, his mental growth with the game. Speaking of mental growth, I mean, obviously he's going to the bench again uh, after being benched earlier in the season for Javonta Green. What do you think that's going to do for him? Do you think that's going to in- increase, like, his his mindset and his ability to, to attack? Or do you feel like that's going to hinder him a little bit because he might be uh, an emotional guy? I think it could go either way, but my sense so far is that and, – and I kind of um, – projected this to start the year when Javante Green seemed like he could be a good option to start at the power forward spot. Um, It's just like the role that it sets Patrick Williams up for in terms of, you know, he's still out there defending the best player. He's going to be the guy that's taken on the big wing, you know, 
apex predator type of assignment, but he's able to also be sort of a higher option in the offensive pecking order. Right now, he's basically, you know, with the with the pre-Patrick Beverly lineup, he was like the fifth option on offense. Um, basically, a standstill, spot-up shooter, and that's great. He's really developed his shot. He's over 40%, but I think we all kind of want to see him take a step up in terms of creating his own offense. Um, like you mentioned before, Damar and Zach have been staggered in the lineup, so Patrick Williams has been out there with at least one of those guys uh, since Patrick Beverly has arrived. But that still elevates him in that offensive pecking order, mm-hmm. and you can see him yep. in some pick-and-roll actions as a screener or attacking uh, closeouts and getting to the basket. I think that's really what you want to see from him. And uh, Zach Levine, 23 out of 35 in, in the two games since the All-Star break, four at, or six out of 10 from three-point range, spotless from the free-throw line, and, and seemingly very aggressive and sudden getting to the cup. Uh, having some spot-up shooting opportunities here. Is is that credit to, to Pat Bev in, in any capacity? Well, Pat, Pat Bev did say, uh, I think like one of the more you know notable quotes that he had coming into the Bulls locker room was like, I told Zach not to pass the ball. He just needs to shoot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but like Zach said it last night after the game, you know, that's been his mentality. And he started out the year a little bit slow. There was some concern about the knee, but – Really since, like, December, he's, he's sort of taken off. Obviously, you have some ups and downs, but he has been fantastic coming out of the break, and they really do need that extra scoring boost. I mean, you know what you're getting from DeMar, but sort of that three-level score with Zach Levine, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's kind of gone under the radar with, you know, the Patrick Beverly edition and just how well the Bulls have played defensively, but Zach Levine quietly has been sensational, and the Bulls really need that considering how – poor they are offensively as a group. Yeah, and listen, when we're talking about Pat Bev and what he adds to the team, right, I mean, to your point making about about Zach Levine, like don't pass the ball, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier where, where the roles are, are looked a little more defined, mm-hmm. right, where Zach wasn't being so passive and being like, fine, I got to pass the ball or else Goran Dragic is going to yell at me at halftime, <laughs> right? Like he's, he's sitting there, but, but that's what you want, right? You want someone that can – like, you know what it's like, and when you're in the locker room or wherever it is, there's that guy that, that believes in you. Because uh-huh. sometimes even as a superstar, you know, you have that imposter syndrome that exists. And so when, when Pat Bev comes in, he's like, Zach, hey, listen to me, Papa. You're the man. <laughs> Shoot the ball. Damar, uh-huh. when you get it on the block, what are you doing? Boots, the whole thing. Like, he is that guy. And, and, and before Pat Bev got there, who was doing that to each other? You know, did we uh-huh. really see a lot of that where you're lifting each other? Did you see Damar going like, yo, Zach, you're crazy. Like, like you see some cheers and some claps, but not that kind of, not in that kind of a way. So I feel mm. like you know that's something you know that he adds to this team. So the real question, will can I know you said you didn't want to you know th- take these two games and say oh this is going to be what the Bulls are going to be for the rest of the season, but twenty one games left. I mean, where do you see this team uh, landing uh, at season's end? Well, it's a really tough stretch here coming up. I know we've got the Pistons uh, and the Raptors later this week, but then you've got the Suns, you've got the Nuggets, so. It's not going to be an easy stretch. I think they have one of the harder remaining strength of schedule this year. You look at some of the projection systems, ESPN's 538 projects them to finish 11th. Um, So they are kind of on the outside looking in, but that win against the Wizards was a huge one, getting them within a half game of the 10th spot and regaining the tiebreaker um, in the event that those two teams finish with the same record. They've got the Raptors, who are the ninth seed, so that game is going to be another big one. But I do think this team will, will creep into that 10th spot. Yeah. Uh, the way that they're playing right now, 
Um, I'm not sure how much of an achievement that is to finish 10th in the East, but I think the Bulls will take it considering they, they let me live, Will. <laughs> will, let and, me uh, live, bro. <laughs> but, but, then, but then you look at the play in, and it's like, you know, you obviously have to be playing well in order to get there, right? So you're, you're finding your rhythm. And then you've got a DeMar DeRozan. And like, who do you trust more in a closing late game situation than DeMar DeRozan among these play in teams? I mean, it's like, it's going to be the Hawks. They don't really have like a guy, um, you know, Trey Young's great, but they're really struggling this year. Um, the Wizards, I mean, I trust DeMar more than anybody they've got. So I think the Bulls, you know, we'll see. It's going to be two really tough playing games if they can get there. But, um, you know, if, if this trend continues, and that's a big if, uh, you know, they can, they can make some noise once they get to that play in. All right. Well, appreciate uh, you looking to your crystal ball, man. I really do. All right. Have, Will, have a great night. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. Will Gottlieb from CHGO Sports covering the Bulls over there. I'll make sure you guys follow him on Twitter, Will underscore Gottlieb. That's G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. And Heron Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. So he brought something up, and he was talking about Zach Levine. And, and I didn't want to dive into it because I really wanted your opinion and what mm-hmm. your thoughts. Because I got into it with a, a text texter over this. I've been talking to my boys about this. And Will kind of was sort of alluding to it. And I kind of have an idea what his thoughts are. Okay. Is Zach Levine a superstar hmm. in the NBA? Superstar. All right. That's a question. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you were teasing it. For, okay, no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm here for, for it. I gotta, we got to come right now. Um, I don't think su- for the way I would define superstar. No, no, I, I wouldn't say superstar. Okay, yet I, I think he's an excellent basketball player. I, I probably even feel comfortable saying he's a he's a star, no doubt. Superstar, I think is is the guy who you know is is someone who I, I view as maybe the best player in a championship puzzle. So I think superstar, okay. the way I would define superstar is more like I don't So you're holding that title think for only a certain amount of people. I don't think DeMar is, That's what I'm saying, think DeMar right. is the best player on the Bulls. I don't think he's right. a superstar either. So in, so, so like in the NBA, in your mind, a super, there's only like two or three superstars. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I would come up with another term beyond yeah, yeah, superstar yeah, yeah. perhaps, but I, I see them right. like the the 1% of the 1% right. in the right, NBA right. is superstar okay. to me. Okay. I had that. Uh, curious what you guys will have to say about that. Yeah. Phone lines open. Text lines open. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and open those up? But we're going to continue the Bulls conversation on the other side. Uh, but if you have thoughts on that one question, I'm going to give you my answer okay. uh, on the other All side right. as well. 312-644-6767. Do you think Zach Levine is a superstar? I got attacked last week for saying what I had to say. And then I'll tell you uh, what I think on the other side. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. On 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. I like that question you just asked me. Which which one? Have you ever been outside camping? Oh, no, no, no. Not <laughs> I'm that joking, one. I'm joking. Not that one. The, uh, just about like what we were continuing our Pat Bev conversation in the, yeah. in the commercial break and just whether or not, you know, I was like motivational guy. What was, who was Anthony Heron on the field, on the right. football field? Was he a Pat Bev? Let's go, baby. Let's go, Zach. You could do this. <laughs> or was he like, I'm handling business? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like every every level you advance through takes more and more energy. So, I mean, I was definitely, I was an energy giver, but it was kind of like, you know, you had to compartmentalize it a little bit, especially once you get to the NFL and, you know, just trying to 
trying to make sure I got enough energy to do my gig. And sure. just got to make sure, especially playing D-line, it just takes – it doesn't take a lot of mental energy to play D-line. It's the, the least mentally taxing position on the field, but it's the most physically taxing position right. out of any position on the field. So if you're going to be out there, you got extended drives going, man, your tongue's hanging on the ground. So it can take a little bit. You and know, Harris like, keep going. let's go 5-5. Five, five. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just, shut, just shut it up, man. Uh, I'm trying to play my game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can but, see uh, But no, I mean, I was definitely I, – I was – I was definitely a motivational guy. Like when it was time for a locker room speech, a yeah. locker room speech guy. So as long as I knew, okay. like, you know, I, I kind of had my my breath about me. I had my wind. Yeah. Then yeah, I give you a good rah rah in right. the locker room. Get out there during warm ups. Get your little rah rah out there too. I feel a certain type of way because I never, I've never received one of these speeches for like Bears Unleashed or you know Bears what? Unleashed. All right, you, know you got what I mean? it. You got it. Next season, Bears Unleashed, you get, get all the rah-rah. Got it. <laughs> right, man. Got it. Got it. You can do it. And man, when you see the guys with the with the oxygen mask on the sideline, too, yeah. oh, man, I miss that so much. Two things I miss. My wife clowns on me about it all the time. Like the people who squirt the water bottle in your mouth yeah. for you because you're just so tired. You you can't even move your hands. You wow. just you know you you just can't even pick up a water bottle because you're so exhausted. Mm-hmm. So the trainer comes in and just squirts the Gatorade That's in your so mouth funny. for you. Just take you know so you don't expend any extra energy on it. I miss that life. Your son could uh you know. Nah, he sprayed everywhere. Man. He had me all up in my eyes, up my Facts. nose. And I didn't know, as I said yeah. it, I was like, wait, what am I talking about uh, right there? Yeah. Maybe one day. All right. uh, Gabriel Bears, Anthony Heron. Uh, that conversation was stemming from Pat Bev and his contribution to the team so far. And I felt like he also lifted the play of certain players, specifically Zach Levine. And I've, I've had this conversation, and I asked Ant before the break, and it was whether or not – Zach Levine is a superstar. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are Zach haters, right? Because he got mm-hmm. the money and they feel like. But but you really need to go take a look at the NBA and try to figure out what these top 10, 15 players look like. And then, like, what's the basis for your your superstar definition? Mm-hmm. But but that's what we're here to talk about. All right. All right. So uh, phone lines are open. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Dr. D out in Park Ridge. So, uh, Doctor, do you feel like Zach's a superstar now? All right, Dr. D, clearly, you know, it's all right. He's probably taking a patient right now. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, Doc. All right. Well, we'll, Swing back around to you. Yeah. Uh, let's go to T. Lawrence out in Evergreen Park. So uh, do you think he is a star or a superstar? I think he is a star, and his abilities are super, but he's not a superstar. Does that make sense? Good play on words. I like it. Uh-huh. All right. Right, so it's a matter of, right, no one, he shoots, he's, he's got a top five. I'll put him top five spot up. Leaps, top five. He has every ability, but he's not a superstar. And what I was looking at that first game when he played Brooklyn, there was a moment where he ran back on defense, and out of instinct, he pointed to tell the defender, hey, go there. And Patrick Beverly was already there. And you can see in his face, like, oh, I don't have to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. So, when he can stop thinking and only operate, and that's why I think Pat Bev will really help him out. He can't – if he thinks too much, and like most athletes, I'm a coach. Once you start thinking, you're not playing. So with Pat Bev taking care of that defensive, get back on D, responsibility, I can guard one, two, three, Zach, you just go be fast and athletic, he can become a superstar. I hope he does. He's currently, I hope he does too. And if I can throw one more thing in for Gabe. Sure. About five years ago, you came to my elementary school and you uh, did a wonderful toy drive. So 
still forever grateful for you. Hey, okay. and Harris said, right, you're a good guy. So, man, I'm uh, <laughs> Shit, of a CPS project product to a CPS employee, man. Hey, that's, that's right, man. No hey, doubt. Man. No doubt. See, I appreciate it. I remember that, that toy drive vividly, man. I had a, had a great time out there. I always love giving back to the kids. Um, all right, let's go to John out in Dallas, one of our favorites. So, John, do you feel like Zach is a is a star, John, or do you think Zach is a superstar? He's a star. He's he, he's close to being a superstar. When he become a fully two way player, and like like the guy just said, and when he when he learn when he plays defense every game and don't take day, games off, like look at LeBron. LeBron's a superstar. He plays both ways, both sides of the court, all the time. You don't ever see LeBron take off. And and the, and last thing, Zach don't hit the clutch shots like mm. a superstar does. I'd rather have love. I'd rather trust the number eleven to take the final shot. And look at the last thing. Look at the shots Kobe hit in the last games. Kobe not a superstar or a star, but Kobe stepped up and took the pivotal three some three three pointers. When no other player did, he took them. He just had the ball. He shook the defenders all three times and took the shot and made the three. Okay, I hear you, though. Yeah. Did take the shots. Mm-hmm. Kobe should be the three-point assassin for this team. That's his role on the squad. You know, be the guard that comes off the bench. Not assume he wasn't saying Kobe's a superstar, though. No, not at all. Yeah, at least bit, right? right? But I hear what everybody's saying, right? But but to me, is what is the gap, right? And T. Lawrence talked about it a second ago. He's like, when he can play the game without thinking, and I understand that. That, that makes sense to me. But what else can we add to that? Like, if we are going to say that Zach is not a superstar, mm-hmm. then there has to be some things that are not making it. And I think that the guy, uh, John from Dallas, what he was saying, well, he's not a two-way player, but, like, Steph Curry's a superstar. Right. Steph Curry don't play no defense. Or, right. I mean, he plays yeah. defense, right? You have to on the court. Uh-huh. But he's not considered a two-way player. Yeah. So that can't be the only, um, you know, thing that you're going to have to use to judge him in that certain situation. So what would you say then? And I think of, uh, like, Clay Thompson getting to play alongside Steph Curry throughout his career. That's, that's elevated Clay Thompson in a way right. that, you know, and you can say this about a number of players, like Scottie Pippen wouldn't have become Scottie Pippen if he wasn't playing alongside Michael Jordan. Draymond Green definitely wouldn't be Draymond Green as far as his status and his resume if he didn't have Steph and Clay and Facts. for a little while KD that he was with. But that being said, Clay Thompson is, is regarded, revered for certain chunks of his career as one of the best players in the game. People have thought of Clay Thompson as a superstar for certain chunks. I don't necessarily view Clay Thompson as a superstar, though. You know, I, I think right. that he's gotten to play along this supernova type superstar in Steph Curry, and so that's allowed Clay Thompson to be as exceptional as he is because the offensive focus is rarely on him in the way that it's been on Steph. Yeah. He can be this lockdown defender when he was healthy enough to be that th- throughout his younger days in his career. I think for Zach, where you know Clay Thompson doesn't necessarily have to make the key late game decisions. He's not the main ball handler for Golden State at any point in his career. And if Zach were in a different circumstance and a different scenario where different things were asked of him, his skill set could definitely allow him to flourish in a different way, in an enhanced way over what he is in Chicago. There's just so much on his plate and to the point you were making a little bit earlier, where Pat Bev can he takes some of that off the plate. He defines the roles for Zach Levine, yes. for DeMar DeRozan where you have another competent ball handler and decision maker out there. I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where without Lonzo Ball, you know, Lonzo, yeah, there's a lot tangibly that you lose without Lonzo Ball, his, his three-point shooting and his defending and all those things. But just the mental load that Lonzo Ball takes yes. off the plate of so many other guys, you haven't had a true point guard on this squad since Lonzo Ball's been out. Pat Bev ain't going to give you a bunch of points. He's not truly going to give you a whole lot of assists. He'll give you lockdown defense. 
and he gives you decision making. Yes. He sets the offense he said, up. Yep. He is a floor general for you on each end of the court that now we do see, and you know who know, who knows how long it's going to last. But I mean, it, it at least allows him to be the main decision maker. And now Zach is more mentally free, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point because when you go back to your your Golden State Warrior uh, comparison, you're right. If if the everybody around you is playing right, then that elevates your game to where you might be viewed as a superstar right. in that sense. Right. I think he is, and like from the seven seven three Bulls okay. have no superstars, good to excellent players, but no true superstar. I think he is because when I think about superstar in the NBA, I think about a guy who you can give the ball to and he can score from all three levels, mm-hmm. right? He can hit the three, hit the mid-range, and take it to the cup, beat you, like off the dribble. Not mm-hmm. not like take it because he's just fast and he can run by you, but like, you know, yeah. like handles, right. do that. Right. And I feel like Zach can do that. When you think about the players in the NBA, those that can score at all three levels and that are, that are a true threat with the ball in their hand every single time, I think that's what it is. When you look at DeMar, Nobody's respecting his three-point game like that. Right. Nobody thinks he's gonna he doesn't take even you off the game. Right, game exactly. Like <laughs> he doesn't think he's gonna take you off the dribble to the cup. Vooch, same thing. But like Zach truly can. And if you put him on any other team, he'll be able to do that at any level and and probably get you 35 because he's on like he was with the Bulls when they didn't have anybody on there. Now I do understand the fourth quarter issues and the woes that he has, but we gotta call it say, call it like it is. And with a guy like DeMar DeRozan, you can it's hard to have a superstar. Pit bull dog mentality. This is my team. This is my ball. I'm going to shoot. When you know damn well they call this guy the king of the fourth, uh-huh. and I have to defer to him in some instances, it just, like you were saying, if the players around you can make you a superstar, the players around you can also take you down from that level as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And, it, you know, we think back to the season before DeMar got here, where it was when the, the conversation really started in its infancy about whether or not Zach was a max player the year before DeMar got here. And think like the – I think it was the Charlotte game where he went off in the second half. He likes, you know, six three pointers right. and you know, like Lisa Bynes, Tim, my friend was on the call. She said, Oh, Zach, stop it. Cause he was just he just went <laughs> off, just hitting shots from everywhere, and everything was on Zach's plate that season. Mm. He had to be the main ball handler, the main decision maker. There's plenty of late game moments where Zach did have some heroic shots, some clutch shots, because it was just there was no other decision. Everybody knew it had to be Zach because there were no other options. And he was able to flourish throughout that season doing that. Now we've seen that portion of things take a bit of a step back because I think Zach is still kind of figuring out where does he fit in this. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, maybe that is where Pat Pat Bev defines that a little bit more for him. I think maybe where you and I can agree on is he needs some more consistency. Yeah. You are going to be playing at this level that you're at right now or that we all feel like you can play at, whether it be a second half of a Charlotte Mm -hmm. Hornets game or, you know, the last two games that that they've played this season. If we can see it consistently, then I think less people would doubt whether or not Zach Levine is a superstar. Uh, We are two superstars. Facts on that. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, 670 the score. And on the other side, we do get the opportunity to continue the conversation and finally talk a little bit of Bears. Okay. Let's go. I'm waiting for this. Let's go. Does Anthony Heron want to trade Justin Fields? We'll find out on the other side. It's <laughs> here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.